Welcome back. It's season two. It's been such a long time between season one and season two. Oh my God, guys, so much has happened. So welcome back to the pod. You may be noticing, let's just get the elephant out of the room straight up. We have lost a host. Brent has decided not to continue on with the pod. That's okay. We wish him all the best and our heart and our ears are open. Shall he ever wish to return to the pod? But in the meantime, we're moving on. I will be hosting those 80s gays. I can be a one-man show. And I think you'll find throughout season two of our Those 80s Gays with Danny P. Warner, we might even have some special guests along the way. Hmm, who could that be? But for episode one of season two, it's all about moi. So let me reintroduce myself. Well, let me introduce myself. So much has happened since we last caught up. It's been months. I feel like I've had a massive, massive life shift. Listen, there's been lots of ups. There's been lots of downs. Um, certainly a couple of downs in my personal life, but there's been lots of ups as well, which has been really good. So I don't want to dwell too much on the negos, the negatives, but, um, you know, some things change, people change, we all change. It would be nice if we knew why, but never mind. Some questions are unanswered and I don't know, quite frankly, it's been long enough now where I actually don't care anymore. Like I'm just done with the whole situation and torturing myself mentally because I can't figure out the answers to something that I can't figure out the answers to a situation that um, I'm completely out of control of. So I need to take some, well, listen, I took some time away. I did some soul searching, some really deep thinking. I'm trying to correct a few things about myself that clearly I can only think may have rubbed people the wrong way. Can I change who I am? I'm 38 years old for fuck's sake. Like this is me, accept it. And do you know what? This is a really good mantra to live by. Just accept it. This is who I am. And yeah, So anyway, I'm not going to carry on about that any longer. Let's talk about what else has been happening. Oh my God. Um, So most recent events had a very, very sad weekend, actually. I, um, our little puppy, our, our little poppy, the pug, crossed over to the other side on Saturday. So rest in peace, little bubba. We will definitely miss you. I've cried lots of tears over this. I've been very emotional, but life goes on. And you know what? We take on animals knowing full well that we will outlive them. So we are fully aware that there's going to be heartbreak at a certain point in our lives because of those animals. We were really down. I'm still down about it. I mean, you don't just wake up and get over it, but I have to keep functioning. Um, She was my mum's pug. And my mum was, she was my mum's little mate. So, you know, my mum's obviously very, very upset, much, much more upset than I am because it was her little friend. Um, so that was Saturday, which was not a great day. And I've realised that 
when I'm in grief, really my body just shuts down. I just want to sleep all the time when I'm going through a grieving period. And that's basically all I wanted to do all weekend was grieve. I did, however, get up early on Sunday morning because I was quite worried about my mum. So off I go like a good son over to my mum's house and I had breakfast with her and we had a cup of tea and we chatted and I kept her company for a while to try and cheer her up because I'm very good at that, you know. I'm very good at cheering people up, contrary to popular belief. But um, I was coming home, driving along and this fucking moron in some beautiful looking Audi drove straight into the side of my car. Oh my God. Let me tell you, I felt my car bump as he hit me. And I just thought, oh my God, I cannot deal with this at the moment. I am just fatigued from my weekend. So we pulled over. There was a lot of damage to his car. There's zero damage to my car. Um, and he totally admitted that he was in the wrong he had such, I won't, I won't divulge what number plate he had because it'll be very obvious if you ever see him out and about who he is. And I don't want to name and shame anyone, but let me just tell you, he had the most obnoxious number plate on this beautiful Audi something, something. I don't know my Audis very well, which is funny because I drive a V, I drive a VW, which is basically a poor man's Audi. It's an Audi without like the expense, basically. Like, I love my VW and it's only eight months old, but <clears throat> let's face it, I'm not paying for an Audi when I can get all the same features in a VW for, like, a third of the price. But anyway, I digress. So I finally got home on Sunday. I spoke to my insurance company, did all that, rah, 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 rah. And um, I just sat down on the balcony and just bawled. I think the magnitude of the weekend of losing Poppy on Saturday and then this, you know, car accident on Sunday, as well as being quite worried about my mum, it just all washed over me. So it was quite cathartic. I let myself have a moment to, you know go down the rabbit hole. And then I went to bed, had a really big nap. I woke up, had something to eat, went back to bed and then went to work. Oh, and speaking of work. So I don't know, I have worked in um, government for so many years now. I was federal government for so many years. Then I was state government and I've been through a few different um, state government departments. The last few years of working um, in state government, I've been a contractor. So, you know, like fairly decent lengthy contracts. Um, my most recent job was with a department that I actually really, really loved. I loved the job. I loved the people. I'm going to say now I did my job really, really well. Anyway, a few weeks ago, I, I always like to keep abreast on you know, what's out there and what's available. So there was this job advertised. Um, I thought, yeah, why not? I'll apply for it. Didn't think anything of it. And then they rang me and they asked me to come in for an interview. So I was talking to one of my girls at work and I said, oh, I don't really want to go for this interview. You know, I'm really happy where I am. I might be only a contractor, but it's a really lengthy contract. Um, there's a possibility of my job being made permanent. So... I don't want to go for this interview. And my girlfriend at work, who I'm sure will be listening to this podcast, she said, you know, why don't you 
actually go. Like, go for the interview. It's a good chance for you to, you know, brush up on your interview skills and rah, rah, rah. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. So interview day rolls around. I'm working from home. Uh, The interview was in the afternoon. So I logged off, went for my interview. Let me tell you, I walked into this interview and they sat me in this tiny little room. It was basically a cupboard, like my laundry in my peer-to-terre, which is, if you haven't listened to season one, a town home, like a town home, apartment, whatever. I like to say peer to tear because it makes my one bedroom apartment um, sound really fancy. But anyway, they sit me in this cupboard. They give me a scenario based question. And basically like, I think they gave me like half an hour to prepare a response to this scenario. I got to tell you, I read this question and I freaked the fuck out. I was just like, oh my God, there's like three pages to this scenario. There's graphs, there's this, there's that, there's all this other stuff. And I like, I'm not a quitter. I, you know, I don't quit anything. So I had this moment where I literally thought to myself, get up and walk out. This is way too hard. You know, because I loved the job that I was in, I was just like, just go back to your normal job. Just get over it. Just leave here. Just go. No, I'm not a quitter. So I go in and then I've got like 45 minutes to present my um, response and answer their other questions. And like, I felt very comfortable in it because the pressure wasn't on. You You know, when you're going for a job and like you really want the job and the pressure's on and you're like... I want to do really good at this and I really want to succeed and rah, 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 rah. I didn't feel that because I knew I had a really good job to go back to. So I didn't go in blase, but I definitely went in more relaxed and I felt more confident and I'm talking and I'm giving my answer about this scenario and it went on and on and on and on and on. It was almost like this podcast really where I can just talk by myself forever. But it did actually go for quite a lengthy period of time. And they asked me a whole bunch of other questions. And then we wrapped the interview up. I went home. Say la vie. Done. Anyway, that was a Wednesday afternoon. Um, I got a heads up on the Friday afternoon that my referee checks had been done, which I thought, oh, okay, well, I clearly made a semi-decent impression if they're doing my referee checks. I thought I talked their ear off. No. So I roll into work on the Monday morning, doing my thing, getting my day ready, talking to my staff, getting it all sorted. Ring, 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 ring. They ring from the interview to offer me the job. So I took it. I thought to myself, why not take a leap of faith? I got a really good vibe from the people that interviewed me. It was a panel interview. So I got a really good vibe from these, um, the interviewers. And I'd heard some very good feedback about the organisation. I'd heard some feedback about, you know, the people in the organisation. All positive, all positive. So I took it. It's permanent. It's um, the same level of as, as I was before. It's a lot closer to home. So just for context, my old job that I left for this current new job was about a 45-minute drive to work in the morning because I was a very early... I was in the office by 7 o'clock most mornings, um, you know, ready to go. 
But some afternoons, it would be like, depending on how the traffic would go, it would be like an hour and a half to get home. And I don't know whether you guys listening to this know about the cost of fuel. Well, I'm pretty sure the cost of fuel everywhere has gone up, but it was costing me so much money to get to and from work. It was like $150 to $200 a week in fuel. It was tolls. It was uh, parking. It was everything. My new job is back very close to home. It's like three kilometers away. Um, it's permanent, which means no more contract. See you later. So it all worked out really well. I started there last Monday, which I think was like the 27th and I came home and the, I've got to tell you, it's the first time in my life that I've ever started a new job. And I came home and thought to myself, this is exactly where I'm meant to be, what I'm meant to be doing with the people I'm meant to be doing with, doing it with. The team is phenomenal. The work is a lot, like I'm learning a lot. Um, I'm doing a lot. I have a fantastic boss. Um, it's exactly where I want to be. So couldn't be happier. And, um, yeah, but anyway, speaking of, oh my God, let me tell you this horror story when I was on route to work a few weeks ago, this is the old job, the 45 minute drive. I'm driving along through a tunnel in Brisbane and it's a toll tunnel and it's got speed, dis, what is it called? Distance based cameras or something like that. So it basically like takes a photo of you at the entrance point and it takes a photo of you at the end of the tunnel. And if you've done like, if you've been speeding through the tunnel, it can recognize that. Rah, rah, rah. It gets all mathematical and all that kind of stuff. But, so basically, you can't speed through this tunnel, no matter where you are. You can't even speed up for a little bit and then slow down because it clocks that you're doing like you've done a faster trip than you should have. So I'm driving along in the right hand lane. There's only two lanes and I'm sitting right on the speed limit like everyone else is. I'm right next to a massive truck. And I noticed this guy in like this van come flying up behind me. He was so close to me that the sensors in my car were registering I was hitting something. That's how close he was to the back of me. So I couldn't, normally like if I was on the highway or something, I'd like do a little tap tap on the brakes to give that indication of saying, okay, back off, please. I couldn't do that because he was literally so close to me. I thought if I tap the brakes at all and slow this car down, even by a kilometer, he is literally going to go into the back of my car. I couldn't move over to the left-hand lane to let him pass because I had a truck right next to me, like a very long truck. I also couldn't speed up to get in front of the truck to let him pass because if I sped up, I'd be done for speeding. So I'm like caught in this awkward situation. Anyway, he backed off after a while. Then I noticed him speeding up behind cars in the left-hand lane because he really wanted to get in front. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is such an idiot. So I look in my rearview mirror and he's changing lanes. He's coming back into the right-hand lane. He's coming up behind me. And as he's coming up behind me, I did a little tap on the brakes, not enough to stop the car, but just enough to show the brake lights. Just to say, dude, I can't actually go anywhere. Just slow down. Like we'll literally be out of this tunnel in like two minutes. Get over yourself. I'm driving along and then I am hearing bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, I had that moment where I thought, oh my God, is he hitting me? But there was no like 
you know, jerking or anything like that. So I knew he wasn't hitting me. No, he was a tradie and he clearly was pulling something out of his car. He had his arm out the window and he was throwing things at my car. Like it sounded like he was throwing like nails or screws or something like that. And let me tell you, I'm the first to take a screw from a tradie, but not those types of screws, girls. I mean, like, you know, I didn't want my car getting damaged. So I'm freaking out, driving along, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I come out of the tunnel. I sped up in front of the truck to let him pass. You know what he did? He went behind the truck. And I'm like, oh my God, I just need you to go past me so I can get your registration plate. Because if there's any damage to my car, I'll just put an insurance claim and give them your rego. They can follow all that up. No, he wouldn't pass me. So I jump back in the right-hand lane just to drive off. He jumps in the right-hand lane and starts coming towards me. I jump back in the left-hand lane. He jumps in the left-hand lane behind me. And I'm like, this guy is a fucking fruit loop. Like, seriously. Anyway, so he tried to overtake me at one point and then all of a sudden must have changed his mind. So he slammed on his brakes and pulled backwards. So I just pulled over on the side of the highway. Um, and if you live in Brisbane, this is the Centenary Highway, basically around like just before the Mogul Road exit, which to 90% of these listeners will mean nothing, but it's a fairly busy highway and it was like 6.30 in the morning. So like, it's fairly busy. So I just pull over on the shoulder he pulled over behind me. I'm freaking out. And I don't know where I got this like gust of, you know, guts from, but he gets out of his car or his van and he starts walking up to my van. And I said to him, what the fuck are you doing? And it was at that moment, he spat at me through the window like literally spat at me through the window. Like, what the fuck? If you listen to season one, what is the... There's there's a reoccurring theme with spitting going on in this podcast. But anyway, so he spits at me. I didn't even notice, but as he spat at me, he's like, he spat at me and then punched me in the shoulder. Punched me in the shoulder. You know, my instant reaction when he did that too was to push him backwards. And I'm glad when I did push him backwards, we were so far away enough from traffic that he didn't stumble backwards into traffic because he would have just been like kaput, final destination style. Anyway, so he just gets in his car and drives off. I get his number plate. I rang triple O. And because I'm pulled over on the shoulder of the highway, I had my hazard lights on. So I'm talking to Triple O and I said, listen, you're on speakerphone in the car. Is it okay if I drive? I need to get to work. And the woman on the phone's like, yes, 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 that's fine. So I go to drive off and literally go to press my hazard lights off. And there is spit all over my dashboard. And I'm not going to go into graphic detail, but let's just say it was the thicker kind of spit. So it was disgusting. Anyway, thankfully I always keep a cloth in my glove box to just wipe the fingerprints off the um, touch screens and everything. So I cleaned it all and anyway, I'm driving along. And um, so yeah, to like cut a long story short, he because I got all these details, well, I didn't get all these details, but because I got his registration plate number, I filed a police report and he's being charged with assault, A, for spitting and B, for the punch. Oh my God, do you know what? I just, I don't think I should be driving anywhere anymore. Like my luck with driving lately has not been ideal. So yeah, no more drives, no more big long drives to and from, um, my old office, my new office is walking distance. In saying that, my plan was going to be like, 
I'm going to walk to work every day and I'm going to walk home and I'm going to be so much fitter and rah, 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 rah. Well, the first week I had stuff to take into work. So I drove a couple of days, you know, I Ubered in of a morning, other days. I did walk home a few days and it's a nice walk home. I actually really like the walk home from work because it's a real way to, for me to disconnect from the day, you know, just stop thinking and disconnect. Um, it's a good buffer between work and home. Um, this week it's been pouring rain. So at the start of the week, I was like, yep, I'm going to walk to work and I'm going to walk home and rah, 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 rah. Uh, I haven't because it's been raining and it's been super duper cold and I'm not one to feel the cold, but let me tell you today I was outside at lunchtime and my hands were freezing. Like I had a massive jacket on, um, and I could still, it was like the bones of my hands were freezing. So anyway, that in a nutshell, I'm um, also looking to move. I'm trying to find somewhere new to live and I don't know whether that's going to be in another rental apartment or whether I'm going to move into my investment property. Who knows? Who can say? But it's all happening. So yeah. And um, oh, so that's work covered. That's home life covered. What else do we need to cover? Our oh, personal life. So I actually, um, listen, I'm not a fan of dating apps. I'm certainly not a fan of Grindr. I find the whole dating app thing, it's just not for me. I don't judge anyone that uses it and hats off to you if you make it work for you. It's just not for me. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I have used it in the past. Don't get me wrong. It's just not my scene. But anyway, um, and plus like living around here, living around the valley, it's all the same fucking tragic moles around here anyway on Grinder. whenever you do log on. And I can say that because basically when I log on, I am one of those tragic moles. So I hear you girls. I hear you. You know, it's hard out there on the streets. You know, girls got to make some money. Mm-hmm. No, I'm only kidding. But anyway, um, so anyway, I jumped onto Grindr, uh, oh, was it? almost two weeks ago. And there's this guy that I've had favorited for ages that I used to chat to quite a while ago. He's a real little cutie. Um, so I've been on a couple of dates with him. He's very nice. I'm at a different point now in my life though. I'm at a point now where I can finally really verbalize what I'm looking for because I feel like I'm old enough and I've been around the block enough to know exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm really now looking for, uh, a companion, like a life partner. It's not all about sex anymore. It's not all about, you know, like hookups and that kind of stuff. I was never big into that anyway, but you know, like now I can verbalize exactly what I want. So I think if you put it out to the universe, it comes back to you. Um, so I've been on a couple of dates. So I feel like everything in my life is kind of changing at the moment. And I feel like it's changing for the better, you know, the job, the home life, the personal life, everything's kind of moving in the right direction. I think that, you know, the clouds have started to shift and I'll be very upfront and honest. And, and most people in my life, I've been very upfront and honest with about this situation for a while now, but I've been probably since very late last year, I've really identified that I've been struggling with pretty strong depression, like pretty severe depression and 
anxiety problems. I think I have a baseline of anxiety um, most of my life, but obviously the depression compounds it. And I really haven't been in a good place lately. And maybe that's why some people have distanced themselves from me. I don't know. But, you know, I'm the kind of friend that when you're down, I'm down there with you. Like, I'm down there with you. If you're down, I'm going to come down with you because I'm going to help you get back up. I don't kind of just leave people hanging. I don't leave questions unanswered and things like that. I'm there to support my friends. Could I be a better friend? Yes, I could. Most definitely. And I'm now taking... Um, lessons learnt from some relationships and trying to apply them to how I move forward, uh, it would be easier for me to apply those lessons if I knew exactly what I'd done. But in this situation, I don't know what I've done. So I just, I'm kind of like trying to be a better version of myself. And I feel like that's all coming out with this new job, possibility of a new home, new relationships, things like that. Like I'm definitely my mindset has changed and I've seen things really open up and change. So that's basically where I am at the moment. Things are starting to look better. My depression is shifting. Um, and I'm not on any medication or anything like that. I do go to see a psychologist. Um, it was fortnightly, then it was weekly. Now it's back to fortnightly. Um, I really ramped it up to weekly. I was actually going twice a week for a little while there because I really felt like I was struggling and I really needed something. But, you know, I've got some amazing people in my life that have really, really helped me in the last, even the last couple of months have really provided amazing support and people that I never thought would have either. Like I made some amazing friends in my last job that I've just recently left. Um, and they've definitely helped me get through a lot of moments, um, with my depression and things like that. And I mean, I don't walk around advertising that I've got depression to everyone that I come into contact with, but there's a couple of people from my last job that I did say, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment guys. And, and, and I really just want to say, I appreciate everything you do for me and everything that you've gotten me through because it actually got me through. So I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Am I hundred percent there yet? No, I'm not. Will I get there? Yes, I will. Cause you've got to believe in yourself, all that kind of bullshit mantra stuff, but it's true. Anyway, pop culture wise, um, what am I watching on TV at the moment? Obviously all my Real Housewives. If you guys are Real Housewives fans, I'm keen to know your opinion on the Real Housewives of Dubai. Like it was hailed as being like, the next big thing. It was going to be amazing. Rah, rah, rah. I got to tell you, like, I struggle to get through episode after episode. What are we up to? Like episode three or four? I couldn't tell you any of their names. Um, I just find it so boring. It's the same formula over and over again. I have issues with the fact that it's filmed in Dubai where there's many, 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 many laws, um, especially including laws, um, pertaining homosexuality and things like that. And let's face it, if you're not a 50 year old woman watching the housewives, you're a fag watching the housewives because it's a huge, like, uh, us gays love the housewives. So anyway, if you're listening, yeah. What are your thoughts on Dubai? I'm just not loving it. I am however, loving Beverly Hills this season. Um, it was obviously very sad with Lisa Rinna's mother dying, Lois, RIP Lois, we love you. She was fabulous. 
when it started, when the season started, I was a bit iffy about Diana Jenkins. Uh, when she came into it, I was like, okay, not sure where you're going to sit. I always kind of hold back judgment on a new housewife for the first season anyway, because I really think that the first season they're finding their feet and all that kind of stuff. But the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, oh my God, Diana just comes in guns a-blazing. She is just taking no shit anymore. She is like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool and fuck you. A la Britney Spears, I want to go. Anyway, um, she's amazing. She totally destroyed Sutton Strack or Stracky or whatever you name her, her name is. She just didn't give a shit. She was like, you know what? And I think she's she's obviously got this accent. She's from Europe somewhere. And um, she says at the end to Sutton, she's like, you need a new villain? Here I am. So she's saying, you need a new villain? Here I am. But in her accent, it was just so amazing. Like, I just, I want to get it printed on a t-shirt. You need a new villain? Here I am. She just doesn't give a fuck. I love it. So, and I'm, I've never been an Erica Jane slash Girardi fan, especially last season going through all that court drama and legal stuff with Tom, her estranged husband. Is it estranged or estranged? No, estranged. Yeah. Um, I was just, I just found her arrogant. I've always found Erica really arrogant. I just couldn't take to her. Did I hate her? No. Did I love her? No. She's kind of fell somewhere in between. My favorite's always been Kyle. Say what you will about Kyle Richards, but I love her. I love you, Kyle. You didn't steal my goddamn house, but I still love you. Um, and these are all housewives references, by the way. So for all you people out there listening that have no idea what I'm talking about when I say things like that, it's a housewives reference. Look it up, girl. Look it up. Um, where was I even going with that? I have no idea. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Erica. So Erica Jane slash Girardi. I'm loving her this season. She is doesn't give a fuck. She's lit. She's like, like an episode or two ago, she's like lying on a yacht spread eagle with her legs wide apart, drunk as a skunk. And she's like talking to the cameraman, telling him how she used to have a boat when she was rich. And it was called the illegal, which I thought was hilarious because, um, hello, your husband was doing illegal things. Allegedly. I have to say allegedly because nothing's been proven yet, but allegedly he was embezzling money and stealing from plane crash survivors and all that kind of stuff. So he was a lawyer. Anyway, again, if you're not watching, look it up, honey, look it up. But no, I'm loving Erica Jane slash Girardi this season. What else am I loving at the moment? I just started watching, um, tonight. My girlfriend was telling me about it when I was at her house last night. Um, I love, 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 the show called Love on the Spectrum. I think there's been two seasons of it in Australia and there's now a new season of it on Netflix, but it's American based. So I was doing some ironing and some washing before and just to have something on in the background, I put Netflix's Love on the Spectrum on, the US version. Um, it's so cute. They're so adorable. I love them so much. And you know, it just highlights no matter who you are, no matter how you look, no matter what your IQ is or what you might be diagnosed with or anything like that, 
sometimes looking for love is really hard and we all kind of have those challenges to find someone special. And I am really a big, I'm, I'm a romantic at the end of the day. Like I honestly believe there is someone for everyone and everyone deserves love in their life. Don't they? I mean, come on. It's, it's beautiful. Love is a beautiful thing. So I've been told. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, no, I'm not kidding. No, I am kidding. Love is a beautiful thing. So I'm watching Love on the Spectrum, the US season at the moment. Um, oh my God. So my girlfriend and I watch Big Brother every week together on a Monday night. The only reason I watch it was because they brought back a whole lot of originals like Reggie and Farmer Dave and... Uh, a few others that I probably can't remember. But anyway, Reggie, oh my God, I'm in love with her. So spoiler alert, Reggie got eliminated last night and I was literally on the lounge with my girlfriend and her partner and I was crying. But then just as Reggie was about to walk out of the house, Big Brother surprised her and took her into a secret arcade room. So she's, I don't know, I haven't watched tonight's episode, but it's something like she can play her way back into the game. But it's only got two weeks left and there's still like six or seven people left in the house. So I don't know how that's going to go, but I'm really excited. And I really want Reggie to win because she's Australia's sweetheart. Like she's legally blind. She's a beautiful person. She is just, you know, I'm sure there's an element of Reggie that reminds everyone out there of their mum. She's just a beautiful person and really kind soul. And when you see her interact, when you see her on the screen, there's just no agenda behind Reggie. She's just pure and honest, very much like myself. Joking. Um, but no, she's beautiful. So I really want Reggie to win. So I'm really watching Big Brother over the next two weeks because I want to find out every in and out. Um, I'm kind of in love with Brenton on Big Brother as well. So he's a fox. Woo. Bit of a fucked up face on some angles, but listen, I'm no beauty queen on every angle either. Let me tell you. Not judgmental, not judgmental, not judgmental. What else am I watching? Um, that's really about it. My friend Adam and I had a Madonna night on Saturday night, Just Gone, where we, he'd never seen the Madame X theatre experience. So we just ordered pizzas and stayed in and had a few drinks, watched Madame X and you know, talk shit all night. Um, and it was funny because the week before I had a Madonna party to go to where, oh my God, let me tell you, I went to this Madonna party a week ago and oh my God, I didn't know what to wear. So I put on this outfit that I've never worn before. It was like this leotard with skin colored leotard with black pieces on it. This purple vest top with matching purple pants um, and this long blonde wig. I gotta tell you, I don't know what the fuck I was going for, but I actually looked nothing like Madonna. I don't, it was not Madonna themed at all. I just looked like a gay wiggle or a fucking Venga boy from the 1990s, you know, Venga boys, what are they called? Venga boys pop group or whatever. You know, remember the Venga bus is coming and everybody's jumping New York to San Francisco, da, 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 da. that Venga boys group. I basically looked like I actually looked like a gay wiggle mixed with a Teletubby mixed with a Vanga boy. It was not a good look. And I'll own it. That outfit, I was going to say that outfit went in the bin. It didn't go in the bin. It just went to the back of the cupboard where all my other outfits go. Um, 
So, yeah. But anyway, listen, I'm going to go. I've kept you for almost 40 minutes. I can't believe I was able to talk on my own for 40 minutes. Stay listening to the podcast where it's hosted by me, Danny P. Warner. I will have some special guests on, maybe someone uh, a little bit famous coming up later in the season, maybe like maybe a housewife can't tell you can't tell you can't tell you but super secret stuff um so yeah anyway i hope you have enjoyed my rambling for 36 minutes and i look forward to divulging all my current affairs next week ciao for now bye